well, I suppose we could say, what's all the fuss about? <laughs> We're quite ordinary people. And uh, really, we have only done what was our duty to do. We thank the Lord for being with us. And as far as our relationship with this church goes back many, many years, when I first preached in the Belmore Church, the little building there, with only a handful of people, and see how God has blessed you. But the blessing is ours to see the children of God develop and grow, and the church to develop into something that is strong and powerful and influential and holds up the name of Jesus. Thank you very much, Brother Harvey, for your kind words. And uh, thank you for this church for always being so wonderful to my wife and I when we have visited. We, we do have very, very precious memories. Also your former pastor, Brother Slack, who was a mentor to me. So I'm only repaying what I received from this church. God is so good and he's been so good to you. Amen. Amen. So you may be seated. Amen. Do you love Jesus? Do you love his word? Well, that's where we're going to today, to preach the word of God to you. Brother Harvey, it is a tremendous privilege to be here with you and, uh, and your dear wife and so many different faces I see out there. But I always get excited when I come to a church and see new faces. And uh, if I've not, not met you in the past, welcome here and God bless you. As has already been said, this is a very special day, uh, not only for the church, POS, but also for the Australian church. And uh, I want to congratulate Brother Harvey on his election as the General Superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church of Australia. This is a great church. And this church, uh, if we just take a little bit of time to brag a bit, has been very influential, not only here, but throughout the Pacific and throughout Asia. And I do want to acknowledge a wonderful and dear friend of mine who is here hiding somewhere in the congregation. Uh, Brother Amin, where are you? Ah, yes, God bless you. And Sister Fifi. <laughs> Amen. We, we have been so privileged to work with our brother uh, in Indonesia when he was the general superintendent. Of course, he still continues with his wife to, to be very influential in the work in, uh, in Indonesia. Later on in the service, we will lay our hands upon 
Brother Harvey and officially install him as the General Superintendent. But I also want to congratulate the other board members that are here, which have been already introduced to you. Uh, unfortunately, Brother Jonathan Downs, who's the Overseas Mission Director, could not be here. He's a close contact and is isolating at the present time. And of course, uh, Fortress Western Australia has prevented <laughs> Prevented Brother Paulus and Brother Simon Butcher uh, being with us. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. If you'd like to just take your Bibles, please, and stand. We're only going to read one verse at this time. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 and 37. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 9, 36, 37. Amen. It's always good to have one of these with you, not just an electronic copy. But when he saw the multitudes, this is Jesus, when, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous but the labourers are few. Just say that last bit with me. But the labourers are few. Say it again. But the labourers are few. All right, you may be seated. <clears throat> God's love for us is absolutely amazing. I think it would be good for us just to take a little bit of time every day to think, of the great things that he has done for us, the things he's done in our lives and the things that he's doing around the world. Of course, God wants every single person to be called a child of his. And he wants to forgive sins. These are some of the, the wonderful things about our God. He wants to forgive sins. He wants to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He wants to set you free. He wants to give you a new start in life. He wants to conquer your fears. He wants to acknowledge you when you arrive in heaven, when he says, <clears throat> Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father, which is in heaven. Wow. Yes. Welcome. To <laughs> We're going to welcome here today, but when we get to heaven, we're going to be acknowledged and welcomed by Jesus. He wants us to have wisdom and he readily will give us wisdom. And Jesus wants to give us joy. Joy. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's just a couple of things. I think I had a list of 24 things that we can thank Jesus for every day. And no doubt you have things in your life. Take time every day at a particular time of the day to thank Jesus. I always make, make it a habit when I pray to thank Jesus for the things that he's done and for who he is. Praise God. Amen. There are a few labourers in the field and very often we focus our evangelistic efforts 
in reaching the lost. And it's great when people come to Jesus. But I'm going to shock you now. But God's plan for his church is much, much, much more than just your salvation. I put the word just there. Now that will shock you. God's plan for his church is much more than just your salvation. Don't misunderstand me. But if we just only believe that it finishes at salvation, then we are no use to the kingdom of heaven. His plan for us reaches beyond our salvation much, much further than our salvation. We're not just saved just to get to heaven. Amen. We, we are saved. We have a greater purpose in life than just that. And that's where I want to focus things from a, from a different angle this morning. Now, we are saved to become part of a corporate body of believers. That is a a group of believers. And we have Brother Amin here. We have people from around Australia here, different churches. And together we make up a corporate body, a powerful body. And today we're going to celebrate God's love for the church in that he provides anointed leadership. As I read before, Jesus was sorrowing because the people were like sheep without a shepherd. God gives us leadership and we're celebrating the, uh, today the installation of Brother Harvey. We're also celebrating the work of seven other great men uh, who are on the executive board of the United Pentecostal Church. I want to tell you that the, the work of the executive board is very much something very much behind the scenes and uh, it's very intense and it's very, very heavy work. And I thank the brethren who are here that have laboured with me over the years. God needs people to serve him who will be shepherds for the church. He needs them. Unfortunately, there are some who he has called who are happy that they've got a calling, but do nothing. In the Old Testament, the church of God was Israel. God blessed Israel because of the faith of Abraham, because of his obedience. And he chose Israel to be a model nation. Let me just read from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, verses 6 and 7. He says, For thou art unholy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all the people that are on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people. 
And that says a lot to us. We feel so insignificant. But I want to tell you that you are saved to make an impact in this world. You're in the church to make an impact. And so Israel was given statutes and judgments from the Lord. And Deuteronomy 4 verse 6 says, Keep therefore there and do keep therefore them and uh, do, keep therefore and do them for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations which shall hear all of these statutes and say surely this great nation is a is wise and understanding people so you can see that God didn't just, as it were, pluck anybody to be his chosen people in the Old Testament. He chose them, yes, because of the commitment and the dedication and the faith of Abraham. But he chose them to be something that the nations could look at, that they could observe. And so those nations would also be drawn unto God to worship the God of Israel. And so God intended the Old Testament church to make an impact. And wow, if he could do that in the Old Testament church, what can he do with us who have the power of the Holy Ghost? And we know the benefits of being in the church, the New Testament church, but God also protected Israel. But as you know, they didn't turn out to be the example that God wanted them to be. And so, because of this, he had to appoint a tribe amongst them, one of their tribes, to be their priestly tribe. That was the tribe of Levi, Levi who worked with the high priests to, to influence them and to convert them and to instruct them to follow the way of the Lord. This was the nation from which the Messiah would come. And through their faith and obedience, their sins would be forgiven when the Messiah came. In other words, their sins were rolled forward. Their salvation waited for Jesus to die upon the cross and therefore enable the forgiveness of their sins. Amen. They look forward to the coming of the Messiah. But we have the great privilege of not looking forward to something, as it were, which was a mystery to them, but we look back at something that was very real and dynamic and something very meaning to, meaningful to us in that Jesus died upon the cross, shed his blood, Hallelujah. He shed his blood. He suffered for us so that we can be here this morning, so we can lift our hands and praise him, so we can get excited. It's pretty hard to have hope for something that you've never seen or know nothing really all about, but we know about it. We have the word of God which has spoken to us and directs us. It's a living word. I, I'll say this. I I never ever forget my, my English teacher when I was in school with English, in, English literature and we were doing um, 
uh, we were doing Shakespeare. This man was not a believer. He was a bit of a cursor. And, uh, and, and we were learning uh, Shakespeare and he said, he was talking about how wonderful Shakespeare was. But then he stopped it. He said, but there's another book. There's another book far greater than the books of Shakespeare. <clears throat> and of course, I was thinking, wow, I wonder what this book is. You know, I was only a, a teenager. And he said, there's a book that talks. Now I'm becoming even more interested. <laughs> he was only a little man. He drove this big Rolls, old Rolls Royce and... Uh, he was said a lot of mysterious things, but I was really, what's he going to say? He said, there's a book that talks. It's called the Bible. He said, anybody who reads that book, you don't read it, it talks to you. That's not in my notes this morning, but I thought I would... Just throw that as something very, very real. And so let's go into the New Testament. Peter is talking with Jesus. And Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Wow. Every one of us have got to make that statement at some time. And when Peter made this statement, Jesus said, Peter, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. You are going to be the mouthpiece that brings the way of salvation to this world. You are going to have the keys to the kingdom of heaven, not physical keys, but on the day of Pentecost, he was going to stand up just 50 days prior to that, he had denied the Lord with oaths and cursings and oh, what, a, what God can do in 50 days in somebody's life. Amen. Amen. And there he was on the day of Pentecost, just filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with power from on high, speaking in other tongues. People came from everywhere because they heard this sound. And uh, what means this? What's going on? And Peter stood up and preached the Lord Jesus Christ. And they realized they had nailed the Messiah to the cross. That must have been a wonderful message that he preached that day. To convince them that they had actually crucified the Messiah. No doubt the Holy Spirit was moving upon that crowd. And then Peter lift up his voice when they said, what shall we do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children. And to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. 
You may have been here for many years. You may be here for the first time this morning. But there's something you've got to do. You've got to step out and make a move. You can't be saved just as you are. There's a way of salvation. And you have to, as it were, save yourself from this untoward generation. Every one of us are called not only to be saved, but to make sure that we remain saved, working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And so the church is made up of individuals who have been born again, who live to honour the wonderful name of Jesus. And this body of believers is called the church. Now this word can be very greatly misunderstood. A lot of people today, they think the church is somewhere that you come to, a building like this. This is the church. No, this is not really the church. This is where the church comes to meet. In the Bible, the Greek word is ecclesia, which we get the word ecclesiastic, ecclesiastical. And those people, the ecclesia is the called out ones. Jesus is calling people out of this world to himself that they will acknowledge that he is Lord of their lives, the owner of their lives. He wants to be their God. He wants to be their saviour and he wants to be all those things which I said before, Jesus loves individuals, but I want to tell you, he loves the church. He loves the church. We can, we can be blind to this. We can all, all think, oh, he loves me. But he loves the church. The purpose of the church can be overlooked when we personalize salvation just for me. Your salvation is, is wonderful. And for you, it's very precious. And it's very needful. But I want to say this morning that God loves the church. There are some things that God will only do when the church gathers together. Some people wonder why they cannot get answers to prayer or they cannot reach God because God purposes for these meetings to be gathered together where he can move. Now, he's, if you can't be here, he will answer your prayer. But if you can be here, then he wants you to be in church. The Bible says, if there be any sick among you, let them call for the elders. Amen. That's why we have people lined up here at the altar for the anointing oil and for prayer. But I do want to ask you, if there's only one person, Brother Morris, can they reach Australia? What one person can do is very limited. Can one person reach the nations? No. 
And how would you feel if there was no church? God loves his church. He has a purpose for his church. And as a body, as a corporate body of people, we work together for the glory of God to reach Australia, to reach the nations. The Australian church has been able to do much because God has blessed us here in our nation. We have been able to bless other nations. The Australian church, since its inception, has given literally millions and millions and millions of dollars to the area surrounding us, the Asia and Pacific, to take the gospel there. We've sent missionaries. We've sent assistant missionaries. We've sent visiting missionaries and evangelists. And what have we seen for it? We've seen a lot. Brother, Brother Amin could tell you. Amen. Brother Freddie Santos is here this morning. He received a telephone call from a man who was in Bali. He said, I want to know more about this truth. So Brother Freddie Santos said, ring the general superintendent. And he rang me. And I remember being in my study talking to him, I was leading, leaning up on the bookshelf of, uh, of my study, having a long chat with Brother Thompson. And he said, can you send us tracks? Can you send us anything? Now I'm saying this in front of the executive board. And I looked down and I saw on my bookshelf a row of videotapes. They were Bible school. They were not to be sent to anybody. And I'm talking and I'm thinking, what can I send? <laughs> and I think, these, these videotapes are useless on my, on my bookshelf. And somehow God said to me, package them up and send them to <laughs> Bali. And I put them in a box and sent them off to Bali and Thompson received them. And Thompson and Brother Frederick, who had been uh, a judge in the court, they sat night after night after night watching these videotapes. And then Brother Armin, you remember that we came across um, to Java there and, uh, <clears throat> and Thompson said, I, I, I will meet you in Java. We were in that hotel. You remember that back, brother? Then, brother, yes. And I said to Brother Thompson, "We'll pay for your fare to come across from Bali." He said, "No, no, 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 no. I'm going to pay my own fare." And so he came across. And in due time, both he and his wife were baptized in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> brother Frederick and his wife were baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs> And now, if I'm right, I think in, in Bali, there are now three churches in Bali. Praise the Lord. That's just a little bit of what God has done in the areas and the nations around us. <clears throat> and so this, this body, which is called the church, 
is also referred to as the body of Christ. It's made up of many, many people, which I call the parts of his church. And what I want to say today is that you may be an individual Christian, but individually we cannot do what we can do as a church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21, it says, And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of thee. Individually, we are useless. We need each other. This church here needs the other churches in Australia and the church of Australia needs the, nation, needs the, the churches around the world which form a global church with tremendous impact reaching nearly every nation on the face of the earth now. We have representatives, missionaries in nearly every single nation in the world. And so God gives gifts to the church. He's given you a gift. He's given somebody else a gift. Those gifts on their own are of little benefit unless they are combined together to serve the church. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us where the prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry let us wait on our ministering or he that teacheth on teaching or he that exhorteth on exhortation this is where it's really coming down to you because you can all exhort one another and exhort the people in your places of employment or he that exhorteth on exhortation he that giveth let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. And these are only just a couple of gifts that are spoken about in the Word of God. If you read the Word of God, there are, there are many others. It talks about the gift of entertainment. You can't do anything. You can entertain people. You can serve a cup of tea. You can give, sit around a table and share a biscuit with them. Oh, yes. Amen. And that goes ahead and said, and some have even entertained angels and been unaware of it. You know, many times, Brother Harvey, my wife and I have come across somebody, had a chance to just chat with them, maybe sit down at a meal, and I've gone away and thought, who knows, they could have been angels. One day we were in Melbourne. My, my, I was with my brother. My wife and I were with my brother and his wife. And uh, <clears throat> it was just immediately after my mother passed away and, and we were sitting having a, a dinner together in a restaurant. 
and uh, I said to my brother, let me pay the bill. So I went over to pay the bill and uh, the lady said the bill's already been paid. I said, what do you mean? Did my brother? No, no, no. The man, there was a man over here, was sitting over here. He said, let me pay their bill. Well, I tell you right now, I, I, I wish I had looked around a little bit more. Maybe I was looking at an angel and didn't realise it. Amen. I can tell you a couple of stories like that. Because God is good. Sometimes he does amazing things to bless us. We are privileged to be part of a church. Not just to be a, a, be a child of God, but to be part of a church. We are in, all invited to use our gift, whatever it is that God has given us, our talent, our ability, to use it for God. I remember when I lived in Victoria, we had a little girl who was in, uh, who was in Sunday school and we did something for this man's daughter. And then I, I, I was uh, needing to get some concreting done, a lot of concreting done, and I thought, well, he's a concreter. And so I went and told him that I would, wanted to use his company to the concreting. And then he said, after he did the concreting, he said, no charge. Because God has made me a concreter to help you. And we were blessed. I did not expect that. But you know, this is what we need to do to each other. If the world out there can do it to each other, how much more do we need to do it? We need to stop sitting around, rubbing our hands together in prayer and saying, thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Yes, we thank him, but he's much, he has much, much more than that to do to you, for you. The book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 8, and the verses after that speak a little bit more about God's gifts. In Ephesians 4, verse 8, it says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now I'm not speaking about ordinary gifts. In verse 11, it said, And he gave some. Apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. It's important to note here that it says he gave. There's a lot of people who claim to be one of these people that I've named here who are not. When I was pastoring in Melbourne, we had a man come to church and uh, I went out to welcome him later on and uh, I took him by the hand and said, welcome to church. I said, have you been here before? He said, no, no, no. He said, I'm just visiting. Oh, I said, that's good. And he said, I'm a pastor. I said, well, 
That's wonderful. Wonderful. I said, where, where are your people? Where do you pastor the church? He said, I don't have a church. <laughs> I immediately got the idea he was after the people in our church. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was tempted to say something, but you know, anybody can call themselves a pastor. Anybody can call themselves apostle. And I don't like it when people address themselves with these big titles. Because these, these ministry gifts are given to the church by God, to some. It says some. I also want to say <clears throat> that you don't become a pastor or an evangelist or an apostle or a prophet by saying one morning when you wake up and you think, I think it would be a good idea if I become an apostle. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. God rests his hand upon certain people. Sometimes it takes a long, long time for those people to realise it. Now, I stand here and I'm telling you a story here, which is true. When I was a young boy, I was three years old. I know how old I was because it was before my father passed away. Every morning, my mother would turn the radio on at 10 a.m., because there was a preacher that would come on at 10 a.m. and for 15 minutes, first of all, there'd be a hymn, then there'd be a Bible verse reading, and then he would say a couple of words and there'd be another hymn. And my mother made me sit by the radio with my brother every morning, every weekday, and she sat there and we listened to 15-minute church programs. Do you know what happened nearly every day after that? My brother and I would play church. Three years old. We'd rearranged the, the furniture and guess who the preacher was? <laughs> when I look back, God put fire in me back then. <clears throat> I didn't understand. I had no concept of what God was going to do as time went on. Another occasion, I was in a meeting. I was in a meeting with a whole lot of people. Nobody knew me. My wife was there as well. We were worshipping the Lord. And this preacher, he wasn't even a oneness preacher. He came and he touched me on the head or on the shoulder. I can't remember and, we, and I thought, that's strange. What do you do that for? And then afterwards, and this is a Trinitarian preacher. He said, I touched three people here this morning on the shoulder. Come out here. And I thought, whoa. Wasn't too sure about Pentecost at that stage. <laughs> and he said, God has shown me that these three men are called to be pastors. Well, I wasn't too sure at that particular point either. But when you are called, when you are, when you are one of the some, you will know. But let me tell you, don't take pride that you become one of the some unless you get up and do something. Yeah. 
That's a tremendous weight of responsibility. We have preachers here this morning. We have executive board members here. We have Brother Harvey, who now is the General Superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church of Australia. This is not a, this is not a game to be called a name. This is work. This is a duty. We don't expect pats on the back. We are only doing what we are called to do. It is not our calling. It's the calling of the Almighty God. Not all people will receive these appointments. We, we know this as, a, as the five-fold ministry. I like to think of it as the five-fold team because these these ministers work together. They are involved in both an inreach and an outreach. Everybody say inreach. 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 You have inreach here every Sunday when the pastor hops up here in the pulpit and he preaches to you. That's an inreach. It may also be an outreach because there may be visitors who need to be saved. But God has a purpose not only to save the lost, but to keep you saved. The inreach is to have a healthy church to save it from destruction. Now, I know you don't have any problems in this church here. I know that there's never any bad attitudes amongst you. I know that there's never ever feelings of, uh, well, I won't say. But you know, you need to be saved from yourself sometimes. You need to be you need to be preached to, to, to bluntly tell you, stop that attitude. I just noted the clap wasn't quite as loud as the other ones. <laughs> There's a great need to be kept. And the Bible says in Galatians chapter 1, chapter 6, verse 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a, in, in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourselves, lest you also be tempted. It's not about finger pointing. It's to, about restoration. About keeping people in the love of God. John Wesley said, give me a hundred men who fear nothing but God and hate nothing but sin and who know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified and with me they will shake the world. Yeah. Amen. We are very close to pastors because pastors are the ones who, the word pastor means shepherd. And usually with the pastor, there are other ministers who work. But I believe in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, it's referring to more than just pastors because the word there is shepherds. <coughs> it says, and I will give you, I'll use <coughs> the word, I will give you shepherds according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. God says, I will give you. Why? 
for the perfecting of the saints. Here it is, the inreach for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That means the encouragement till we all come in the unity of the faith. That means in the unity of the word of God, but in, in unity in our, in our attitudes as well. And of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive us. But speaking the truth in love may grow up, in, up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Amen. You don't get that as an individual in your own home. I exhort you, whether you are coming from Hornsby or you're from POS or some other church, love your church, cherish your church, pray for those who are in your church, honour your pastor, honour the ministers that are there, that minister. Because God deploys these gifts to be employed. As the parable of the talents teaches, they're not to be buried. I stir every minister of God who is called of God here this morning. I stir you. I challenge you. There's nothing in this world more important than the ministry that you've been called to fulfill. You have been given a, a tremendously great honour because it's only some. There are many I know who are sitting here who are saying to themselves, but if only God had called me to that role. Well, let me just say, you need to be in the role before you go say anything like that. <laughs> Because there's a tremendous responsibility and we will be held for account like the man who buried his talent. To be effective, the recipient must have personal qualities which command respect. We cannot follow people that we do not respect. Never think that you've been given a calling from God for your own honour. We are called to be servants and Jesus gave us an example how he washed the feet of his disciples. He said, you call me Lord and I am your Lord but I have just washed your feet and I call upon you to do the same thing. Of course, he's not just talking about a foot washing service. He's talking about servants who will serve the church, who will serve the people in the church. 
However, when the, when the leader does well, when the servant of God does well, he is worthy of double honour. It's not that he wants it. It's not that he should even ask for it. But he is worthy of double honour. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, let the elders that rule, rule well be counted worthy of double honour, especially those that labour in the word and doctrine. And then finally, there's the outreach. The inreach and the outreach. There are people out there in, the, in, the, in God's field that need to be harvested. Just filling every seat in this church is not God's objective for this church. It does not finish there. If you fill one church service, you can fill another church service. And if you fill two church services, why not have a church service in the afternoon? And why not have one at night? The church gets it pretty easy. You know, when, when I first started going to church, you went to church three times a day. Every service. Jesus loves his church and it's made up of many people of different types, of different talents. Every single person has some sort of a talent that can be used for the glory of God. But every single part of God's church is absolutely necessary. I would never volunteer to have my finger chopped off. Why would you say, well, I'm only a finger in the church. Why? I think I'll opt out. No, the body hurts and the body is left short if one single gift that God has given in his body is not used. And God has given every single person here a talent. Come on, ladies, if the only thing you can do is cook, then cook for Jesus. If you've got a neighbour, go offer them a cup of tea and a biscuit. Amen. This world is in need of love and we know the ultimate love is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. They're lonely. They're confused. But we have Jesus and they need Jesus. And so we come to the point of my being here this morning and that is to install Brother Harvey as the General Superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church of Australia. This is a great privilege for me. And may I say it's a great privilege for every one of you to be here, to be part of it. We are utilising the biblical model of having leaders in the church. Jesus had 12 disciples. Did you know that three of them, Jesus specially trained to be the leaders of the disciples themselves? I think it was in September I wrote to all of the members, the ministers, 
at the end of September, maybe early October, and said we will be electing a new superintendent when the, when the ministers come together. I said, we need to pray, not to just select a favourite person, but we need to pray that the man who takes this office is the man that God wants for this office. And so Brother Harvey was elected. He already is the general superintendent. But of course, it's our custom and of course our desire that we would lay hands upon him and pray for him that God will give him great wisdom. Brother Harvey, I know that you already know because you've told me that you don't necessarily feel ready or suited for this office. Well, if you told me otherwise, I would have been very suspicious about your intents. <laughs> But I can tell you, Brother Harvey, and also Sister Harvey, that because you're a leader and you've been chosen, God will give you wisdom in every situation. And I know he knows this because the Australian church is not his church. It's the Lord's church. And he is now, he already is one of the sum because he's been a pastor and a teacher. But now he has been chosen to be the leader of the Australian church along with the other board members of which he is a servant to the other board members. You may not know that sometimes there are doctrinal issues that need to be sorted out. Sometimes there's very serious issues that need to be sorted out. Nobody knows about them because they're always kept very confidential. And yes, you already know, Brother Harvey, you've come away from some of those board meetings feeling like you're carrying the world on your shoulder. But God has always been with us because it's his church. He loves his church. Brothers and sisters, he loves his church. So I'm going to ask brother and sister Harvey to come up here to the, on the platform and I'm going to ask the executive board also to come and stand behind them. If you forgive me I will turn my back to you brother and sister Harvey if you just stand here. Members of the executive board will stand behind them. And now, dear children of God, I ask you to stand. It is a great privilege for every one of us to be here this morning as we pray for this man in his position of leadership. Let your heart reach out as we pray together.
Amen. Brother Harvey, do you acknowledge before these witnesses that you are a faithful servant of Jesus Christ? Will you devote yourself wholeheartedly to serve and lead the Australian church in harmony with the word of God? Will you do all in your power to be responsible to the task for which you have been chosen? Will you serve this church out of a heart of love and in such a manner that emulates the love of Jesus, the love Jesus had for his church? Yes, I do. Well, let's pray together. This is going to be very ordinary, but God is our witness of what's happening. Amen. Just join with me, brothers. Almighty God, our Saviour, Jesus, as I lay, as I lay my hand upon your servant, I pray that your special anointing would come upon him to accompany him as he leads this church in Australia, as he works with the executive board for your glory. I pray, Jesus, that you would be with him through the difficult times. And Lord, we all love to rejoice in success. But Lord, we acknowledge that sometimes before we can rejoice in success, we need to go through tribulation. Be with him, be with Sister Robin as well. Bless them, bless their family. And now, Lord, we ask that your mighty hand would be upon the church in Australia. Lord, that your mighty presence and your powerful Holy Spirit would work amongst us. Lord, we want to preach what the apostles preached. We want to do what they did. Because, Lord, we know this was your will. And finally, Lord, we acknowledge that you, you alone, Jesus, are the chief cornerstone. And we thank you for that. Now, Lord, bless, we pray, this couple in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. introduce to you the General Superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church of Australia.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and thank him for his goodness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Brother Downs and the executive board for this tremendous honor. I am committing to doing the very best that we can to work as hard as we could possibly do and to follow suit and the same uh, trajectory that Bishop Downs, Sister Downs has set for us to continue to see the growth in our church uh, nationally and to maintain the unity that we have as a church. What a tremendous honor it is to be in this role. And I thank you, uh, the board, all the ministry, for your confidence in me. Amen. I thank this church, the leaders of this church, our team, for their wonderful, wonderful support and work together. Thank you. Amen. Sister Robin, you want to say something? All right, well, we can close it here. This is a little strange for us, but I believe we can end it here. And we're just going to close in prayer. And we're going to pray for God to, to use us as a church. And you feel, if you feel the call of God, I want you to pray this prayer with me. You've got a gift. You've got a talent that God has put in your life. He's put a calling. If you've heard his voice, you've heard God speak in the deep, in the depth of your heart to do something for him. I believe God wants to bring us an unprecedented revival that the city, that the cities of this nation and beyond and to the other nations. We have to. There's no other option before he comes. Before the Lord returns, we've got to reach. There's still so many people to reach. Hallelujah. And so if it's your desire, would you lift your hands right now in the name of Jesus? Father, we thank you, Lord, for what we feel in this house. Thank you for your word from your servant, from our bishop, Lord God, that you love this church and you so love the world that you gave your only begotten son. Lord, that whosoever believes in you shall not perish but have everlasting life. I pray today that we that are here, your church, your people, that we would respond to the call, that we would give our lives, that we would give our all to fulfilling the great commission, your great burden for lost people. Lord, we make ourselves available. We open our hearts, we open our lives to you, and we will commit to being used by you for your glory, for your purpose here today. We ask you, God, that you would anoint us as your church, that you would burden us again with your passion and with your zeal, and that you would birth in us the burden of God, the fire of the Lord, that would burn with passion and compassion for those that are lost. God, unite us together as a church, as the army of the living God. Let us rise together for the cause, for the hour that is upon us, that we would step forth into this world and preach Jesus and bring souls to the knowledge of you. Lord, anoint your people today. Make us one. Bless us and use us. Lord, we avail ourselves to you today. We open our lives to you.
and we commit ourselves to the glory of God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the ministry of Brother and Sister Downs. We pray that you continue to use our elders, that you continue to anoint them and to use them all their days, that God, you would continue to use them to be a voice in this nation and in this church. Lord, anoint these executive board members, Lord God. Continue to bless them and use them mightily for your kingdom and for your glory. God bless us here today. And we give you thanks and praise. Once again, we give you the glory and the honor. Go with us now to the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Would you clap your hands one more time and praise him? Music team, why don't you come? They're going to lead us in a song of praise and worship. Let's thank Brother and Sister Downs and our board members. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord together one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Before we leave, we're going to praise him one more time. We want to invite you to worship the Lord together. If you have a need in this house, if you want to feel the, the call of God is speaking into your heart, if you like to come to this altar and pray, we've got ministers and leaders that are going to pray with you. But the rest of us, why don't we come out of our seats and worship the Lord? Let's give him praise right now. There's power in the name of Jesus. We've got everything that we need. God's hand is upon his church. He loves us to use us to reach this world. Amen. Let's praise him.
There's power in the name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Before we go, if you need anything from us, if you want to know more about the Word of God, if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, we can baptize you today. If you need the gift of the Holy Ghost, we can pray for you. Amen. We can, if you come to this altar, others, leaders will be here. But uh, the rest of us, thank you for joining us today. Don't forget, you can still sign up for Connect Groups. Sign up for our Women Wow 31 launch. But thank you, everybody, for being with us today. God bless you, those that are joining us on live stream. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. God bless you.